Welcome to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and a few years ago, I started a life and business coaching company with my bestie. I'm a wife, a business owner, a coach, a speaker, and the author of the book that inspired this podcast, She Who Overcomes, Rising Out of the Ashes of Your Circumstances. I'm also training to run my first half marathon. Oh, and did I mention I'm doing all of this while overcoming a life-threatening illness called cystic fibrosis? It's true. And hey, if I can rise up, so can you. Each week on this podcast, I'll be here to encourage and equip you with the skills you need to rise up as the successful overcomer you were designed to be. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. Hey, welcome back to the She Who Overcomes podcast. It is a gorgeous day outside today, and I am so excited to share with you the final chapter of my book, She Who Overcomes. So we're just going to dive right in, you guys, because after this episode, the sky is the limit. Like, really, there are all kinds of topics that we're going to dive into from this point forward. But first, we have to finish the book. So Let's dive in to the last chapter of the book, She Who Overcomes, and it is called, She Has a Heart of Gratitude and Walks with Grace. It's all about being redeemed of uncertainty. The apartment was quiet except for the lingering notes of soft piano music in the background. Lights were low, the Christmas tree twinkled. And I sat with my legs crossed on our couch with a warm cup of coffee resting between my hands. Ajabi had finally found a cozy position after circling around several times on that orange blanket that was sitting beside me. It was a beautiful, serene moment that begged me to pause right before family and friends arrived for the holidays. I sat there in silence, listening to the music. And for the first time in four years, I felt content, truly content and extremely grateful beyond words. The yellow walls of our apartment had always been a sore spot for me. It took me a good year before I realized why. They were the exact color of the walls in the Galleria apartment that burned down. Once that realization hit my heart, I began to loathe the apartment that we had moved into. Through the years of depression and sickness, I always felt that the yellow walls of our home were nothing but a horrible reminder of all that was lost. However, on this particular beautiful day before Christmas, I saw our yellow walls in a different light. No longer bare, resembling a cave, They were now decorated with colorful pictures that displayed the inspirational words of life that my heart had needed to see. Family photos hung on the walls, and the home decor was finally beginning to resemble life. Finally. My heart was suddenly bursting with gratitude for everything that we had gone through to get us to this place, this home, with these yellow walls that had been filled with so much struggle, persistence, courage, and redemption. These yellow walls that told the story of overcoming depression and sickness. These yellow walls that held the secrets of my darkest moments. 
This was the moment that I finally saw these yellow walls through the eyes of gratitude instead of resentment. I stood up, turned the music a little bit louder, and began to praise God for these yellow walls. I asked him to bless them, and I thanked him for the years of struggle that happened within these walls that had become our home. It was a beautiful, full circle moment that I had not planned on ever experiencing. Oh, how glad I am that I have that particular moment embedded in my heart to cherish forever. One moment, one beautiful moment of gratitude and contentment won't last a lifetime. We must choose to see things through the lens of gratitude every day. The other morning, I woke up in a funk. Has that ever happened to you? Happens to me every now and then. And as I was doing my treatment, I felt God nudge my heart. He inspired me right then and there to journal 25 things that I was grateful for that morning. You know what happened next? I found myself smiling with each sentence that I wrote. For real, I'm not kidding. This is not some too positive thing. It actually happened. My day turned around before I even got dressed. And the things that had been piling up in the back of my mind all week long ceased to bother me. Gratitude. It's a powerful tool that God has blessed us with to help us choose our attitudes no matter what we are facing each day. Once I finished my list of 25 things, I turned the page and wrote a quick poem. This shouldn't surprise you. I mean, a couple episodes ago, I sang you a verse or a chorus of a song that I wrote. So clearly, writing songs and poetry and just writing in general is a creative outlet for me. It's how I process things. And so I want to share this this poem with you about gratitude, and I pray that it encourages you, that it helps you take your own pen to paper to record your own list of thankfulness. When you begin the morning with gratitude, you paint a beautiful day. It refreshes your soul, redirects your mind, and sets your heart on course. It paints a smile on your face, a sparkle in your eye, and a soothing sound in your voice. A thankful heart, an attitude of gratitude, or count your blessings, you say? Whatever you call it, the fact remains. When you're thankful, it's a beautiful day. You guys, we always get what we focus on. Overcomers know that the best way to shift their perspective in life is to practice the skill of gratitude. Not only does being thankful help your disposition, it also brings with it a handful of other benefits. For instance, gratitude improves your health. Have you been experiencing some restless nights lately? Maybe it's the same routine every evening. You fall into bed exhausted, ready to drift off, only to find that your mind runs wild with worry just as your head hits the pillow. You worry about tomorrow's to-do list, your daughter's medication, your husband's job, how you're ever going to create a quality future for your kids, let alone yourself. And just before you drift off, you're hit with a crippling fear that right around the corner lays a sleeping giant, a car accident, a house fire, a bad doctor appointment, all of which seem to be inevitable in your mind. Friend, if any part of this resonates with you, It's time to step up and choose something 
different. Gratitude. Studies show that those who practice gratitude on a regular basis actually sleep better and recover faster from illness than those who don't. Gratitude helps improve mental health, including depression and anxiety, as well as addictive behaviors. Not to mention the fact that gratitude makes you happy. And who wouldn't like to be more happy? Just do a search on the internet of the effects of gratitude on health. Do it. You'll discover lots of information on this subject. Gratitude also improves your relationships. I've personally experienced this in my marriage as well as other relationships. Being thankful opens the door to being genuine. My marriage has been strengthened because my husband and I express gratitude toward each other daily. My friendship with my besties, that's stronger because we express gratitude for both moments of extreme happiness as well as those moments of pure honesty where we sit down for a come to Jesus moment. This has happened on many occasions on the actual Big Blue Couch, and my two best gals and I have been on the receiving end of a healthy dose of truth, and we're so thankful for it. Being grateful allows others to see your heart and the depth of your emotions. Yes, it means being vulnerable, but it's worth it every single time. Gratitude is also a spiritual discipline. It's true. Our natural human tendency is not to be grateful. I don't know if you've noticed, but the human race can be downright wicked and mean. And that's where the spiritual discipline of gratitude comes in. It's not easy or normal to be thankful when bad things happen. However, it is the fastest way to shift your perspective and let God chisel you in the midst of your circumstances. Practicing gratitude in everything, in every situation, whether good or bad, healthy or sick, rich or poor, happy or sad, that's a spiritual act of obedience that we are called to walk in. So I want to encourage you today, in everything you face, give thanks. Give thanks on good days. Give thanks on lonely days. Give thanks in times of debt and financial crisis. Give thanks on sad days. Give thanks while yearning for a baby. Give thanks when struggling to breathe. Give thanks while doing treatments. Give thanks during panic attacks. Give thanks in depression. Give thanks in grief. Give thanks in joy. Give thanks while singing. Give thanks while playing piano. Give thanks while loving and eventually losing a family pet. Give thanks while loving your spouse. Give thanks in sickness and in health, in happy times with friends, in moments of fear. Give thanks while working, when you're on social media, actually, like what you write on social media, be thankful. Give thanks while running, in yoga class, when laughing. Give thanks in times when God is silent. Give thanks in times where it feels like God isn't even there. In every situation we find ourselves in, we are called to give thanks. Gratitude helps you move your thoughts from uncertainty about the future to faith and certainty 
in Christ's ability to work in your life for his good. You guys, it's all about perspective. So here's a question. Think about it. What are you grateful for today in this moment? Actually, maybe a better question to start with is what have you been uncertain about lately? Take a moment to think about that. And now, within the uncertainties, what can you find to be thankful for? Or what can you find to be thankful about? You see, when we shift our perspective and we have a heart of gratitude, even in the hardest times, we begin to see that God is rescuing us from all of our worries and uncertainties. He redeems them. Let's allow God to walk us through this process of redeeming our uncertainties in regards to what we have learned in this book during our time together in these chapters and in these episodes. So far, we've covered a wide variety of topics. So here are some things to think about. From chapter one, what are the current ashes in your life and in what ways can you express gratitude in the midst of them? From chapter two, how can you have a heart of gratitude toward the suffering that you've endured? From chapter three, in what ways can you be thankful for the times that you've been weary? From chapter four, how has discovering the hidden idols in your life made you more thankful? In chapter five, in what ways can you be thankful for the Jezzies in your own life? In chapter six, when it comes to finding your purpose and living authentically, what are you thankful for? Chapter seven, in what ways are you thankful for the lies, the labels, and the fears that you've experienced and overcome? Chapter eight, what doors has God shut for you that you are thankful for? What doors has he opened for you that you are thankful for? Chapter nine, when it comes to remembering your first love, what are you thankful for? In chapter 10, what refining process have you been through and how has it made you more grateful? You see, answering those questions will help you shift your perspective from one of uncertainty and worry to one of gratitude and trust. I want to encourage you to take the time to sit with God this week and let him redeem all of your uncertainties through his word and through this journaling process. For real, rewind this a little bit, write those questions down and journal through it. All right, as we wind down our time together from the She Who Overcomes book, finally, we've got to take a few moments to focus on the topic of grace. We won't be victorious overcomers without it. In the early fall of 2014, I put myself on a 30-day challenge. A no-latte challenge, to be exact. You see, I wanted to inspire others to get healthier while cutting back on my favorite beverage at the time. It's no longer my favorite. But back then, I discovered that it was easier than I thought until I got to day 25. You see, that was the day that my bestie Rachel and I took a therapeutic road trip to hold each other accountable and deal with some emotions and beliefs from our past that were keeping us stuck. We always say we are nothing if not real, so we've got to practice what we preach. 
Well, this particular day brought us to two different cemeteries, a park bench, and a football field, all in a total of seven hours and just over 240 miles. It was emotional, exhausting, totally liberating, and the kind of trip that requires nostalgic comfort. So yeah, I cracked, and I chose to embrace a grande soy caramel macchiato at the beginning of the day. Ugh, and to be honest, in that moment, I felt like such a failure and a horrible health coach. And that's exactly the moment that a small five-letter word whispered across my heart. Grace. You see, grace is something that I teach my clients to extend to themselves. I remind them often and reassure them that they're doing the best they can and that's good enough. I remind them that mistakes are to be expected and not to beat themselves up about it. At work, I do this. With my clients, I do this. Yet, I often forget to give it to myself. I am my own worst critic. Maybe you can relate. You see, the dictionary defines grace in many ways. Here are two of them. Number one, a manifestation of favor, especially by a superior. Number two is mercy, clemency, or a pardon. How many times do we struggle with giving ourselves forgiveness, favor, or mercy? Based on my line of work, I'd say it's more times than we can count. But there is a better way. We can choose grace instead of perfection. I'm thankful for day 25 of that challenge back in 2014 because without it, I wouldn't have discovered the five steps of grace that all overcomers must embrace. I did not mean to rhyme there. It's just a thing that happens from time to time. So we're going to briefly review each letter of this acronym, GRACE. The G stands for gain perspective. Giving ourselves grace requires that we gain some perspective. Perspective on where we are at, where we came from, and where we want to go. Making a mistake doesn't make us bad people. It simply means that there is an opportunity for more growth. When we encounter moments where grace is needed, it's the perfect opportunity to choose to see things in a new light. R stands for release the guilt. Giving ourselves grace requires us to release the guilt. There's no such thing as perfect people. Perfection is unattainable. So do yourself a favor and release yourself from the guilt of not measuring up to other people's standards. Release yourself from the guilt of making mistakes. You are good enough right now, in this moment. Not because I say so, but because God says so. He sees who you are now, and he sees who you are becoming. And guess what? He loves you through it all. So let it go. Guilt only holds you back from the amazing things waiting in your future. Release it and be done with it for good. A stands for allow your body to rest and relax. Giving ourselves grace requires us to allow our bodies to rest and relax. And yes, it is similar to the A in the art of the pause because it's that important. We run out of steam when we push ourselves too hard, 
Rest and relaxation are great ways to recharge not only our bodies, but also our weary souls and fragile emotions. And rest and relaxation does not mean just sleeping. It means having fun, doing something recreationally. The tension of perfectionism takes a toll on us physically, mentally, and spiritually. So give yourself some grace this week to rest and relax and have some fun. The C in grace stands for choose to forgive. Giving ourselves grace requires us to choose forgiveness. Forgiveness towards others, yeah, but also, and mostly, forgiveness toward yourself. Make it a habit to forgive yourself when you let yourself down. Recognize what you're doing right and celebrate that while letting go of the pressure that you place on yourself. Forgiveness heals. Forgiveness matters. So choose to forgive. And finally, the E stands for embrace truth. Giving ourselves grace requires us to embrace truth. First, embrace God's truth of who he says you are. He says you are whole, holy, free, energetic, and strong. You can find that in Ephesians 1, 1 through 19, the message version. So begin embracing that truth and then begin to embrace the truth of your situation. If we don't face the truth of where we are right now, we can't move forward in the right direction. It's impossible. So embrace that truth because the truth will always set you free. A she who overcomes or a he who overcomes works diligently to have a heart of gratitude, knowing that God alone is in charge of redeeming all of our uncertainties as we apply it. And when we make a mistake, we hold our head up high. We walk with grace, the grace that has been given to all of us. You see, overcoming something, anything, takes time. It can't be rushed, nor should it. And as we're winding down on this journey of the book, She Who Overcomes, Rising Out of the Ashes of Your Circumstances, the conclusion is called She Who Overcomes is Beautifully Whole. And I just have to tell you that for four long years after our apartment fire, I was held captive by fear. Fear of losing again, fear of another traumatic event, fear of having to start over yet again because of another fire. Fires and flames instantly took me back to that day in 2010. And even now in 2019, I can sometimes be triggered by those type of stories or seeing those images. I've overcome a lot. But back then, when I was still going through it all, I avoided being near an open flame of any kind, and I returned or regifted any candle that I was given. You see, the risk was just too high for me. It's a miracle that I even used our oven at all, especially since a pizza once caused open flames to spark in our first apartment after the fire. And I just stood there, hopping in place, screaming, fire, fire. And Nate looked at me like I was nuts. To be fair, I was 
probably having a moment, clearly, and I was acting a little nuts. Well, back in 2015, on a beautiful fall afternoon, I found myself in the candle aisle at Target. My hand reached out and grabbed something that it had not touched for eons. I held the candle in my hand and examined it carefully. It was larger than the tea lights that had been on my shopping list that day. This candle made a statement. It was aesthetically pleasing, but that's not what drew me to it. Confident, brave, whole, those were the words that danced upon my heart as I placed this new treasure in our shopping cart. Today is the day, Nate. I'm ready, I explained to my husband. His reply was laced with the gentle words of a loving husband who understood well the journey his wife had traveled. I'm proud of you, he said with a smile. We've been traveling through a beautiful journey together, you and I. And it's been filled with many life lessons and tough questions. We've trained our brains to find the truth in the midst of the lies And we've come out on the other side, beautifully whole. You see, becoming beautifully whole is a process. You can't just wake up one day and decide to be whole. It requires authenticity, vulnerability, persistence, courage, and the ability to receive the gift of redemption that Jesus paid for on the cross. That doesn't happen in a day, a month, or even a year. It's a process, a beautiful, delicate process that is worth every moment of suffering in the ashes along the way. I have found that there is beauty that comes out of the ashes. When we first see the ashes, our minds travel through a frenzy of bad memories. We question how it got to this point. We feel insecure, threatened, and unsafe. In the midst of the chaos and pain, we can't see the sprouts within the ashes, the richness that is growing because of them. Ashes are rich potting soil. The Hawaiian islands are covered with some of the most beautiful and exotic plants and flowers that have ever graced the earth. Why? Because the Hawaiian islands have soil that is heavy with volcanic ash. This heavy soil, filled with ashes, has helped nourish and fertilize the beautiful plants that have since emerged. When wildfires destroy forests, everything is covered in thick blackness. For months, the ground looks barren, cold, dead. But give it enough time, and eventually some rare flowers and plants will begin to emerge showing the beauty that was hidden in the devastation. Ashes are rich potting soil that pave the way for small, beautiful sprouts to grow. I didn't know the beauty that would emerge on the other side of those slippery ashes back in 2010. I didn't realize what was being burned off of me. But through the process of learning how to persist, Embracing courage that I never knew I had. 
and receiving the redemption that Jesus so graciously held out for me, I've emerged on the other side of those ashes a stronger woman. Ashes are rich potting soil that pave the way for small, beautiful sprouts to grow in the midst of our circumstances. Sprouts of bravery, faith, courage, persistence, strength, authenticity, vulnerability, character, truth, redemption, and wholeness. Beautiful wholeness. Be persistent, my friend. Be courageous. Receive the redemption that God has for you. Make the decision to be a she who overcomes or a he who overcomes, no matter what. Because there's a moment in your future, possibly right around the corner, where you will look in the mirror and see just how beautifully whole you have become. It's already written. And my prayer for you is that as we close our time together from this book, She Who Overcomes, you will make the choice to be an overcomer and rise out of the ashes of your own circumstances. Hey guys, if you have enjoyed the She Who Overcomes podcast so far, especially the chapters that have been the book chapters, but maybe you want to dive deeper, then I want to encourage you to go to Amazon and purchase the book, She Who Overcomes, Rising Out of the Ashes of Your Circumstances. It's available in paperback or in Kindle edition, and you will find extra journal exercises in this book. You will also find some related words of life to study if you like to go deeper into the scripture verses that were shared. And I would just be so, so thankful if you took the time to leave a review or share it with your friends and family if this has encouraged you at all. Thanks for listening. And from here on out, like I said, the sky is the limit. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, brand new topic. And I can't wait to hang out with you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.